Broadcasting from Cincinnati, Ohio. And Phoenix, Arizona. You are listening to Work Life 360. This podcast is all about helping one another navigate through the noise and the clutter that's holding us back from our potential to be a healthier, successful community. Whether it's stress, head trash, time management, tips on living a healthier lifestyle, or just navigating lifelong goals, this podcast is everything work-life related. I'm Rhonda. And I'm Bruce. We're here to provide you with tips and tricks to help you navigate through the day-to-day mental blocks. Let's get started. All right, let's get rolling, Bruce. Awesome. Welcome back, everybody, to Work Life 360. Bruce and Rhonda here, and we are excited to dive into the topic of love and whatever else pops up during the month of February since it is Healthy Heart Month. So we're going to see wherever this conversation takes us together. We want to thank you for joining us here. And we hope that this experience brings you some tips for living in a more mindful, loving way each and every day so that you can be successful both in your work life and your personal life. Bruce, welcome back. Tell us yeah. a little bit what's been going on. It took a little trip oh, there. Oh, man. I did. I took a nice uh, trip to Nashville, Tennessee to... Uh, sharpen my own saw, uh, being a practitioner of what I preach and just working on new tips and tricks to to help change people's lives. And it was a week of uh, sun up to sundown, pillow to pillow camaraderie with, with a bunch of amazing humans. And every time we go down to Nashville for our uh, coaches expo, it's it's like drinking from a fire hose. There's you just can't take it all in, and you just take as much as you absolutely can. And it was good. Um, and then I celebrated a a 38th birthday um, on Monday. So Happy joke birthday. around with people and <laughs> thanks. Uh, tell them that I was born in the late 1900s. Um, and that that always gets me kind of a look like, wait, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but everything's good. Everything is good. We're we're about to get hit with some snow, I believe. Um, I think. <laughs> um, we'll see. We'll see what it uh, what entails. It. I've seen forecasts that say we're going to get eight inches. I've seen forecasts that say we're going to get just ice. So, um, yeah, it's a it's a good day. It's a good day to be alive. Well, sure did miss you last week, and was certainly thinking of you. And and I just knew I could feel that. You're having a really good time because it sounds like every time you go to one of these functions, I can hear it in your voice, the excitement before you go and then when you come back and just you have that personality. I think that's not everybody necessarily has. You enjoy the process of learning and growing, um, you know, and tying that into our topic about love, like love is one of those things My husband and I will often have this discussion. Love is a feeling and an emotion that we have, but I also view it as a behavior. How are we acting in a way that's loving to ourselves and kind to ourselves and others? You know, and with you, with all the continued growth that you do, it's just a beautiful way to show love for yourself for your family and for your work-life community. So, I mean, we think of love sometimes as hearts and flowers and all this gushy-ushy stuff, Mm. you know, sex or whatever. All those different variables come to mind, but love really can be just as simple as just living in a way where you feel 
grateful for all the opportunities as they come in life and taking all the tricky situations, but flipping it in a way where you still are able to experience whatever's happening in your life and taking it as a growth experience. Yeah. You know, people say love comes in many different forms and that's true. Um, the act of giving love and the act of receiving love. And I've, uh, you know, early in my life, I was exposed to giving a lot of love, but it wasn't receiving, you know, so there was the, I was kind of put off, put off by it a little bit, a little mm. like standoffish. Um, so had to break down some walls to allow people into my inner circle. And, um, you know, I've always been one to give. I, mm -hmm. I'm a giver. I enjoy helping others in uh, any way. You know, I tell the people that I work with, call me day or night. My wife hates that <laughs> because <laughs> they take me up on it. And, but I enjoy it. You know, it's, it's part of who, who I am. And, um, you know, so as we get into, you know, Valentine's Day or whatever you want to call it, health, heartness, just the season of uh, love, it's important to, to understand that you got to give love and receive love. Um, it's, it's a two-way street. And, and self-care, gosh, I, I'm thinking of one guy individual that just needs some, some help with himself. Mm -hmm. um, he's, he's very resistant. So we've had a lot of conversations around like, Okay, like you're a top producer, but you're always anxious. Mm. But you don't have a relationship with your family. Those are that those need to go kind of hand in hand. And coming from transportation and and being in you know a top producer, top one percent, all that great stuff. Yeah, there was a trade off. Um, and looking back, I'm not sure I would have given that trade off again. Um, and I won't. You know. Um, there are other ways to, to consider, you know, everybody's chasing success. Well, mm -hmm. success is, success is never found. It's built and having a balanced life between work and life boundaries as it pertains to love is important. Yeah. I think sometimes if we go back way back to early childhood development, even when we were infants, we can probably at some point pinpoint different times where we felt love, but then our brains are really good at noticing when we experience the opposite as a result of some harms that have been done to us. So we learn to kind of live in this negative space without even being conscious of it. So when I've spoken to folks where I can see that they haven't even tapped into that ability to love themselves yet, and they're feeling that anxiety, it's hard for them to feel any words of affirmation that are associated with love because there's such a disconnect that maybe began early on. I mean, maybe it was, you know, not being nurtured as a child or constantly criticized for not doing something right or told to keep their mouth shut unless they're spoken to or left alone. In today's world with social media, I can only imagine that there's more of a disconnect with what it is to actually feel and experience genuine, sincere love. So if someone hasn't experienced that in their life, you know, and maybe there were some issues with family dynamics or what have you, usually there's a lack of helpful life skills so that a person can thrive and survive in a way that's more loving. So 
probably someone who doesn't have support or feel that love early on kind of puts up barriers without them even realizing it. So they shut off that emotion. So then when you put those barriers up, it's really hard to receive it. Mm -hmm. And we know that when we're not receiving love, then it's going to impact the way we care for ourselves, as you alluded to, like whether we're practicing self-care, how we talk to ourselves, how we relate to ourselves, how we relate to our environment, to others and taking all the mystical aspects out of it, if we're not nurturing our physical bodies, our psychological health, the different things that have happened during different transformable moments in our life, they create almost like scars in our, you think about the arrow through the heart. We hold on to trauma or different life experiences where we know we feel a lot of fear and then we hold on to that in every cell of our bodies. We start to have anxiety in our stomach, in our gut, in the way we manage ourselves, the way we manage our emotions. It's really hard when people aren't in a space to feel love for themselves and others. It's really hard to not be anxious, to not be fearful, to not feel blame or anger or resentment for some things that maybe you can't even comprehend. And I think that, as you mentioned, Bruce, you have someone here you're working with. Hopefully it sounds like you're bringing a spotlight to this person so that he can begin to explore where love is in his life or where it's lacking. And then you can facilitate learning, introducing healthy behaviors so that he can break down some of those barriers which really are going to ultimately lead to any success in the future. Yeah. And we're starting it slow. So his his action his his task in between our, our conversations is is simple, but it's important. He's got two kids. Um his action item is to to be the parent that tucks his kids in every night. He's got mm-hmm. two kids, uh both are under the age of 10, but to go in and, and tuck his kids in every night show them that he's there he loves them um you know we well he's he's doing what it would be deemed as an act of service so that's actually a beautiful way for someone who does not have a relationship with love to begin to explore what love is so i don't know if you've heard of the five mm-hmm. love languages it's actually funny Not funny, but my husband and I, one of the things that we're doing in 2022 is really diving into our spiritual awareness. So one of the things we're doing is twice a week, we're setting aside a half hour after we have dinner to read together. And we're both Mm. reading Mm. a different book. So, and my husband is not a reader. So this is like (laughs) a new place for him. So I'm reading the book, The Power of Now, which is all about a guide to spiritual enlightenment. And he's reading the five love languages. So we took a test. He took the test and then I took the test. So the five love languages, I don't know if you've heard of this before, is words of affirmation, acts of service, receiving gifts, quality time, and physical touch. Mm-hmm. So you can go and Google this. And this is something this gentleman can take. He can actually take this test by himself and then it helps facilitate learning the language of love i would imagine acts of service for him which is doing helpful things for others for someone in your life is one of those ways to start to feel love so i think that's beautiful and and that you're also coupling that 
with quality time. So he's spending meaningful time with his kids while also tucking them in, saying words of affirmation, whatever it is that he's saying to them. And in the end, I mean, that just opens up the gift for him to allow himself to feel and experience love through his children, because sometimes it's hard for us to feel that for ourselves, by ourselves. So thanks for that share. Yeah. And as you know, something that's kind of scary and you know, we talk about human interaction and touch and and uh, just being around other humans. Something that's in the works. Um, I'm sure a lot of our listen listeners are aware, but Meta, right? They're mm-hmm. creating a I can't even really describe it, but essentially a a fake world where you can be whoever you want, and that's where people are going to get their next social dopamine drip is is through a virtual reality fake world where you're a character and you're walking around Mm -hmm. and you're talking to different people um, all from a computer. And, you know, here it is February 2nd of 2022. And that's, that's concerning to me. Mm. Um, You know, that there's, there's going to be, I mean, we could see this in the next five years and five years is not that long where nobody's leaving their house. Kids are never playing outside. It's all in the the meta. You know, that's what Facebook is now is, is meta. And there's even, I don't know how tech savvy our listeners are, but the idea of NFTs, you know, you're buying art that doesn't really exist. Mm-hmm. Like you can't physically touch it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't understand NFTs to the fullest. You know, my coach owns a couple NFTs. Actually, he owns a bunch. Um, but... It's like, okay, you have, you have a piece of paper that says that you own this digital image and you trade and sell it, but just the fact that everything is turning virtual, we are social creatures. Mm. We need that human interaction. And if the period of COVID have, has taught us anything is that we are not designed to be... Um, socially isolated. Socially isolated. And that's what that's what I'm fearing is the bigger picture here is kids growing up, you know, kids that are five, six, my, my kids age are going to be grown up in that era of social isolation. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll have social activities through, uh, meta, but not necessarily that physical social interaction. Um, and if anybody knows me, that's not going to happen with my kids in particular, because we are very much go to see people kind of folks, but, um, as time goes on, this could get bigger and bigger and bigger. And then you're talking about the acts of love and, you know, it just, it, it gets kind of dicey. Um, so we have to be, as a society, we have to be kind of cautious as to where we allow this to go. We've had Susan Heaton on before mm-hmm. and she's talked about the importance of grounding ourselves in nature. And we've created these environments, these living environments where we are not connected with the planet. We don't think about it. I mean, I don't know about you and I don't know about our listeners, but when I'm sitting here in this chair right now in my office surrounded by concrete walls and there's no one in the facility, I'm at work right now in my office. I think there's three people of out of 350 plus people in the office right now it feels not super great to be honest with you and kind I'm kind of eerie yeah and I'm very mindful and I try to live very intentional but I can only imagine for people that they're young and now this is their normal 
that's really, really scary. Mm -hmm. Where are we learning life skills on how best to interact with our environment, with animals, mm -hmm. getting dirty, getting our hands dirty, and you know, just experiencing the free blessings in life that are not as a result of a creation that we kind of formulated. There are so many beautiful blessings right outside our window. And kudos to you, Bruce, for prioritizing nature for your family because as we've talked about some of the reality shows, you know, people are leaving these false realities that we've created for ourselves, which really is kind of what I, in my mind, I picture as like, this is really a, like a false sense of living we think this is healthy and and the way to go about being but if you just step outside take your shoes off put your feet in water go out into nature smell the forest climb a mountain if you do that on a consistent basis this meta that we're creating it is not appealing at all and my hopes mm -mm. are that the more people stand up speak their piece and yeah we can still work remotely but that shouldn't be the focus of the way we go about our day-to-day -day living personal care for ourselves, love of family fostering those relationships being outside taking in all of nature's blessings the sunrise the, you know s using our senses like when you're sitting and I'm, I'm picturing this now what you're saying to me like what sensory experiences are we having when we're looking at a screen all day? How is that even possibly healthy in terms of our creativity, our ability to think critically, our mm -hmm. ability to interact and relate with people in a healthy way? Probably we're not eating, you know, nutritious foods that will help us, again, nurture our gut health. Just thinking about it, I feel like a pit in my stomach and we know that our gut is very tied to our mental well-being. So how in the world is that healthy for creating love and compassion in a, in a world where we are so more interdependent now than we realize COVID has definitely put a spotlight on that. But it sounds like all the miraculous benefits of modern technology, we are missing out on our basic human needs of love of self, love of others, love of the planet, and nurturing all aspects of our being. Well, I could tell you I'm not eating a salad every day. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's real clear. In fact, I, I kind of made a reference to that um, in Asheville. I spoke about just consistency and uh, Rhonda, I shared it with you, the video um, of me on stage, but mm -hmm. uh, I made a reference of, you know, I would not I would not make it as a vegetarian, um, <laughs> but I know the importance. I recognize it. Um, so I do eat a salad every once in a while. We have at least <laughs> a vegetable. <laughs> um, so if if I'm a listener and I'm working out or in my car or whatever listening to this, and maybe I am feeling that empty void of, of love and maybe lacking some, some self-care, like what... What steps would you want somebody to take or what, what advice or tips or tricks would you give just to, to get the ball rolling? Well, I think maybe just going back to your client that you're working with, like envisioning him having that conversation, I would say to listeners, just imagine you're this person that 
feels anxiety and maybe depression at certain times and don't feel that love for self or feel a disconnect with people that you have relationships with. Just imagine how someone else, like put yourself out of the picture and just imagine someone that you love experiencing those same kinds of things. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. and what would you tell a friend what that you, you love? Yeah. What would you say to them? And try to have that conversation with yourself. But I think applying these different love languages is helpful. For some people, maybe words of affirmation are going to be helpful. And maybe I love for, affirmations. Yeah, not everybody's open to that, but mm -mm. that's one way. You know, and it's interesting, like when you develop a mantra, I am worthy of love. I am worthy mm. of whatever blessings in my life I have received. Mm -hmm. When you begin to say that, as you know, Bruce, because you do this, you practice this, eventually your brain changes its thinking patterns without even really trying. It's just going to naturally occur. But I think a beautiful way to do it is just as you mentioned, like acts of service. Go out and do a good deed for someone else that needs a helping hand, volunteering, picking up trash, whatever it is, you know, helping somebody with the groceries, smiling at somebody that's maybe frowning. It's amazing when we give, we don't think of it, but we actually receive so much in return without even realizing it, you know, and just prioritizing your time so that you're spending some quality time doing something that's meaningful to you. A hobby, anything, petting a pet, getting a pet, or going out and just observing nature, watching the rabbits run across the street or a hummingbird, and just trying to feel the joy in that moment can really help people that are stressed and anxious and don't really feel lovey dove dove dove. You know, it doesn't mm -hmm. have to be all that. Just being mindful of where you are in a moment and just being thankful for what you have today. And I would also say this for folks, picture something that really is of value to you, like something that really means the world to you. You can't fathom living without this thing or this person. And just imagine if they weren't there when you wake up tomorrow. Mm. Maybe yeah, then you can find thankfulness and gratitude for the gratitude. love that is there if you open your eyes to it the attitude of gratitude um and you know I, I i joke that i love affirmations but i really do um and my wife understands that they probably work for some people not her mm -hmm. um <laughs> she's turned off by them um that she just doesn't understand them and which is fine um, some people, that's what they need. Some people, it's it's weird, right? You're talking mm -hmm. to yourself about yourself. Ooh, that's kind of weird. But um, I will tell you this. I never did affirmations until about two years ago. I woke up every morning with a pit in my stomach. I was anxious all the time. I went on two types of anxiety medication. I started doing affirmations. And granted, you can't just Google positive affirmations and think that those are your affirmations. Mm-hmm worthless find your affirmations and if you want help doing that reach out to us affirmations that work for you that that puts you in a better place because when you say something out loud about yourself you believe it mm -hmm. versus what our head internally says about ourselves that can lead us down a pretty dark and deep rabbit hole um 
your mind is not your friend. It's there to do three things. Be happy, keep you content, and keep you, I'm sorry, to keep you happy, content, and safe. Mm. Going to work, prospecting, cold calling, doing things that are take extra thought, extra oomph from your brain, it doesn't like it. So it's going to tell you the opposite of what you want to do. Is that right, Rhonda, or am I just making that up? Absolutely. <laughs> um, no, you are. So again, going back to this matrix now that we've created for ourselves to live in, like we were born to be one with nature. Mm-hmm. You know, and now we're living in these spaces that we've created, but we still have those inherited traits about us that are meant to protect us. You know, when we're living out in the wild, I mean, so it's anxiety is normal. There's nothing wrong with us when we're feeling that. But when we start to disconnect with our relationship with ourself, with others, with our coworkers, with our environment, that's where fear and anxiety really can take hold. And then our higher thinking brain that we're lucky to have, we're the only creatures that have this higher thinking brain that we know of. I mean, there are different species that mm-hmm. are have a little bit more intelligence than others, but we are blessed to have this ability to process our thoughts before we take action. But when we're living in this anxiety kind of state, fight, flight, or fear state, mm-hmm. you know, our amygdala is, it's beating really, I, I picture it as, it's kind of like your heartbeat, like you have a physical sensation when you're feeling anxiety. Yep. I'd picture that part of the brain doing the same thing, like just beating, 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 beating with such energy that it kind of overtakes the network of our thinking capacity of our brain. And then maybe we're not responding in the most helpful way. But, you know, for everybody, think even just mindful walking, which we've talked about, can be helpful you know, laughing, laughing at yourself or having a good cry, which for some people is really hard. I mean, not to give too much information, but my husband, since his mother passed away, he hasn't cried. So that's concerning for me. And he's like, Rhonda, I just don't know how to deal with that emotion. Mm. So it's just for him, it's hopefully in time, he'll feel the power to allow himself to experience that emotion, part of the grieving process so that he can move on, so that he can smile when he hears her name instead of worrying about, you know, all the different ailments of her health and then worrying about somebody else's health and that whole cycle of worrisome thoughts. And then we start to catastrophize things in our minds and then it really impacts our ability to live in a way that's more helpful than harmful. So mm-hmm. so there's there's two, when, when you mentioned crying, I... Every time I, when I think about crying or, or the act of crying, it's, it's, it almost is like a reset button of emotions Mm -hmm. and you, you feel really good. Like you said, have a good cry. Like you feel good after it. Um, you feel a little bit, little cleansed. Mm -hmm. Uh, but then also, uh, for me, one of the, the coping mechanisms was, was going in your car, shut the door and just yell as loud as you can, right? Get get that energy out. Um, and I know we're kind of sliding into, into another topic, but um, be mindful of what you need because what you need is different than what I need. And what I need is different than what Rhonda needs. Everybody, one of the cool things about us is we're unique. We have Everybody has their own story. Everybody has their own backing. And um, 
understanding and being mindful and and intentional about what is it that you need. Um, is it that laugh? Is it that cry? Is it that you know emotional release of you know breaking things, going to one of those warehouses where you break everything? Um, everybody's a little bit different, but identifying what you need. But going yeah. back to the to the love piece, also being mindful of what do you need, and those those that are close to you, um, tell them, tell them what you need, um, and be vulnerable for a minute. Then you can go back to being the macho you, right? Mm-hmm. But let them know, like, hey, when I when I am angry, I need validation that what I'm being angry about, I should be. Or when I'm sad, I need a hug. You know, let them know what you need in those situations so that they can provide it. Yeah. Following up on that, that's kind of... Again, my husband with his spiritual enlightenment that we're spending time on together. After we read, we're each, as I mentioned, reading a different book. And then we're kind of sharing our experience of what we gathered from our readings with one another and having this conversation back and forth. And it's really a beautiful way to learn how best to communicate with your partner as well and have those heartfelt conversations where we're debating things that we don't necessarily agree on. For example, the topic of love. Like I view love as a behavior. There's a feeling involved, but it's the way you treat yourself and others. And you have a choice there. And we don't own anybody. We don't even really own ourselves. We're here temporarily. So with that, it's like, think about how best to treat someone with love and I know that's hard because you know the shit hits the fan every now and then life happens but if you really are intentional about okay if I say this this way how is this best serving me how is this serving we it can change because you have a few seconds right when you have a thought about something and then your reaction there's that space in between before you take the action where you can be thoughtful. So for me, love is being thoughtful and it's not, I mean, obviously I have a love for my daughter and my husband, but I don't know. I think there's the inherited biological aspect of love, but then I also think there's the choice variable and who we choose to love and how we choose to love. And I don't think that, for me, love should necessarily always be unconditional. Um, and that's where there's a little bit of a disconnect with some, some conversations that I have. Um, just curious your thoughts on that. Yeah. Um, you're right. Kind of got me thinking of somebody else who I'm working with. In fact, I just wrapped up a call with him today. and his. So we're working on a word of the year. He went through a divorce last year. You talk about that unconditional love, like there was a there was a break in trust, you know, and it took him a long time to mm. to move on past that because she was mm-hmm. the center of his life and um, being able. So the word of his year that that I think he's going to go with is detached or detached, not detached, but detached, because he needs to remove himself out of that 
unconditional love space mm. of her. I and get it's, that. It's, it's been difficult. It's been so difficult for him. And um, one of my favorite people that I work with, hands down, he's a freaking awesome, awesome guy. Um, but he's learning to to detach, and that's that's difficult. I think for some folks, I'm again just sharing from my personal experience that when I'm having this conversation about that, we're conditioned by our belief systems of what love is. And particularly if we associate with a certain religion or family dynamics, this unconditional love, I feel like you're talking about detachment. So not going into all my drama, but I had a very turbulent childhood, went through mother, new mother, father, new father. No, in fact, he's not your father. It's this person's your father. Like so many different experiences where you let love into your heart and then it's crushed. So you begin to disassociate with the actual emotion. And then when you open yourself up finally to another human being, as you mentioned, and then it blows up, it's really hard to come to terms with that and then okay how best do I allow love in my orbit again after going through some turbulent times and it's for everybody it's going to be very different but I think yes we need to have a detachment particularly if we're in a codependent relationship that's not healthy obviously but then if we're detaching from whatever understanding that that comes with it with a flip side. So when you disassociate, you're putting limiters again on your life that may shut the door for potential opportunities in the future of being vulnerable, as you mentioned. So detachment, hmm, that can be a tricky word because it can work for you as well as against you because unconsciously he may put some barriers up again, which in turn may limit his ability to feel love deeply rooted within his soul. I mean, I don't know. To feel it again, right. Yeah. So I'd be curious if he could find another word based upon his lived experiences that might be with less of a negative connotation to him. But I mean, that's up to him. Anyway, that's my thoughts yeah. on that. Yeah, and then, you know, I told him to, literally we just had the call an hour ago and it was, uh, that's the word that kept coming to him. So I did tell, I, I asked him to reflect on it, right? Don't just rush to it because mm -hmm. this is the word that you're going to, that's going to be your word of the year. So, and I, that now that you him? mentioned that. Yeah. Huh? So you say to them, I'm sorry. So I would say to him, how will that word serve you? Mm -hmm. And see what he comes up with. Yeah. Right. Because he's also trying to detach from a couple other unhealthy habits, vaping, drinking. Um, so that kind of that's why it made sense at the moment but I, I now that you look at the bigger picture i'm gonna reach out to him and have that conversation of like let's let's set some boundaries around this word if it's the word that we're going to choose mm -hmm. maybe find a a word similar to it that has the same weight but not as shut, closed off at the end oh i'm curious to to now know what word <laughs> do you fix i think that when we open our heart to living life in a loving and compassionate way, it allows us to deal with the anger, the hurt, the anxiety, the disappointment from wherever it's coming from so that we don't end up 
trapped in a box where we're finding coping skills that aren't necessarily serving us well. Just loving yourself is just is just ultimately, I think, the way to find whatever love is going to look like in your world. Mm-hmm. I would say one thing too, Bruce, for folks that, you know, you shared some of your experiences there, getting back into the whole nature aspect. Suzanne had spoken about forest bathing. We go to battle and we're dealing with the obstacles and the challenges of the day. We go back to that naturalistic way of living. Like we need to shake these experiences off. And that could be through a visualization You just imagine like water falling on your body and taking all those traumatic experiences out of your body or taking a shower and just visualize the hurt, the pain, the fear, the anxiety, leaving your body and just watch it go down the drain and just notice, pay attention to if you feel any lighter, even a good cry in the shower. It really can be a a cleansing transformational experience for folks that are trying to learn how to tap into some emotions that they blocked for whatever reason. So let's think about an action item. I would say maybe everyone envision a symbol of what love means to you and either draw it or bring it to your mind's eye and then Mm. spend some time with it. What value does this thing, this image, this whatever bring to your life and spend some time being grateful for whatever that symbol thing experience is. That's great. And then make it something visual that you can see regularly, not just when you need it, but it's there as a daily reminder. Love it. Well, thank you all for joining us. We appreciate any comments, feedback, or suggestions that you have for our podcast, please reach out to us at worklife360podcast at gmail.com. And Bruce, so thankful to have you back here with me today. And I wish you a great week of health and happiness. Thanks, everybody. That wraps up this episode of Worklife 360. Thanks for joining us. Make sure to check out all of our other episodes for even more great content. Check out the show notes, any links, any articles that we've referenced in today's episode. We appreciate your time and ask you to send any feedback to worklife360podcast at gmail.com. We value your time and we're here for you. Contact me directly if you'd like to learn more about me coming to run a free sales training workshop for your team. Follow me on LinkedIn or check out my website at brucepumiersswc.com. If you'd like to learn more about me or have a free health consult, check me out on LinkedIn or visit my website at planningtheseedsforhealthyliving.com. Thanks for joining us.